Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. Another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford. Come right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow or do whatever you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, including if you're watching us on YouTube, please go ahead and subscribe right below Joe today. Right there. Hit that subscribe button right there for you at the Lakers Fast Break on YouTube. Plus, you can go ahead and check us out whenever you want right there for you on our complete audio library, wherever you get your podcasts, and also as well our great friends at LakersBall.com. Go ahead and hit up Ox1947 today at LakersBall.com. Plus also as well, Laker Tom, the number one Lakers blogger that's out there. You can go ahead and check out his latest article today at, of course, Lakerholics.com. Plus also as well, Jamie Sweet and his five things articles. And he did indicate to me he could not make it tonight because he is going to be stuck on the 405. And since he's going to be there for the next 90 to 120 days, I wish him all the best, but please go ahead and check out his five things articles, which he may be actually able to do while he's stuck on the 405. You can go ahead and check that out today as well at Lakerholics.com. Plus our good friends at the Hoopheads Podcast Network. And if you can support all of that, it is sincerely appreciated. Well, not too much going on for the Lakers right now outside a little bit of this and a little bit of that as we head into the LeBron mini camp. And of course, training camp is on the horizon now, but we thought we'd bring you a little bit something different as far as a main topic for today, as far as with all the talk of Russell Westbrook, is he going to stay? Is he going to go? Is he going to be traded? Yes or no? We thought we'd go ahead and talk about the other options for the Lakers and who might evolve as a third option. Will it be Russell Westbrook if he stays? Will it be someone like Kendrick Nunn? Will it be someone like Austin Reeves? We'll go ahead and discuss that on today's program. Plus also as well, speaking of Russell Westbrook, we got to get a little dash of more Westbrook talk. Ramona Shelburne, she was on the low post the other day talking about the, I guess, reported acceptance or that 
Russell Westbrook said it would be okay if he would be traded from the Lakers, but he's not accepting a buyout because he thinks it would permanently change everyone's perspective on who he is as a player. So we're going to discuss that as well. Plus the league. He said that. Yeah. Uh, Well, actually that's the reported what Ramona Shelburne says behind the scenes that that's his, his reasoning behind why he doesn't want to become a buyout individual. So that's on the show. We'll talk about that. Plus also as well, Robert Sarver, the governor for the Phoenix Suns, was uh, handed down a decision by the NBA, and he has been suspended for one year and $10 million. $10 million he's been told to pay out in regards to what he did. I know, I know, I know. That's exactly what I was going to say later on when we talk about Robert Sarver and his punishment. Was it too light? Was it too harsh? We'll talk about that because of all the things he said and did over the course of years and dozens and dozens of people testified against him and look like looks like, again, the NBA has handed out a decision. We'll talk about that coming up on the show as well. But first, my friend, Joe Soro is here. He's in the house. Hoping everybody will go ahead and reach out to us in the chat room. Hopefully get that kickstarted here in a little bit. But we want to hear everyone's thoughts out there as we describe our own thoughts on who might become the third option for the Lakers. Last year, it's pretty evident in a down year that Malik Monk was the only, uh, was one of the few, along with Austin Reeves, one of the few bright spots for the team. And obviously, he was able to parlay that into a pretty good contract just above the mid-level exception level and to a two-year contract for the Sacramento Kings. So we wish him all the best. He actually did very well at times for when he was here, a good scorer, and obviously was able to go ahead and parlay that into some cash. But that leads to the question, who will step up to the plate as the third option, maybe when AD or LeBron goes to the bench, or inevitably, as statistics bear out, when AD or LeBron sits out a game or two, for rest or an injury. So I've got the first man up. First man indeed is here. He is Joe Soro, the man behind Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. You got to go ahead and catch him today. One of the great groups that they have there at LakersBall.com. It is Joe Soro. So Joe, I ask you this. Going into training camp, even with Russell Westbrook, and you can still count him in because he is a player on the team. As of now, before we get an exhibition and, and the start of the season, who might step up to the plate as the third option for the Lakers team? It, it would depend on what your definition of a third guy on this team would be. Uh, not just score, but just just someone who's going to step up and be that number three guy that, that we can look upon as being someone that could initiate the offense when LeBron and AD or LeBron or AD is not in the lineup. Maybe something that can go ahead and as an alternative as far as if you have them starting with them or if you have them playing alongside with them, be someone that can, you know, the defense has to at least respect, you know, something like that. I mean, I know that we're, it's pretty slim pickings, three through 15, but somebody's got to step up to the plate, don't they? From a statistical standpoint, it's going to be Russell by default, Russell Westbrook. But as far as having an official third guy that's going to let's say put fear in a team there aren't going to be any it's going to be a miracle round of 
which player had a great game that day or that That's night. Exactly what I was thinking about. Whoever the hot player was for that game. Mm-hmm. Which so is you pretty... don't you, you, so you don't see anybody doing this consistently as far no. as no. I uh, just Ramona Shelburne's comment. Uh, look, look, guys. Here we go. Guys like Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook don't change. They may change in their 40s and 50s when they see the error of their ways. Even Carmelo Anthony had to be out of the league for two years before he humbled himself. Could that happen? Yeah, that could happen. But it's it's not going to matter in terms of what's going on with the Lakers. Would you be open to Melo possibly even returning to the team? I, I don't see why why you wouldn't if if he 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 gave you some nice offensive firepower here and there. It's not going to hurt. It's just not going to help. Yeah. Uh, but the third option is non-existent. Uh, however, we didn't have a third option in 2020 either. It it was a trade-off throughout throughout the year we were fortunate enough to have a a cohesive unit that played good team basketball and you had ad playing uh, some of the best defense i've seen in in years and you had lebron playing lebron ball so uh, i think it's going to be the same setup it's just we don't know well some of us know but we don't know what the results are going to be during the year but we're going to find out much quicker this year than we did last year because of the strength and schedule. Yeah. And what the Lakers do after this is going to be the defining moment, especially for the Rob Palinka era. It's just him not taking a buyout because he doesn't want, that doesn't sound like Russell Westbrook. I think we'll, we'll that's, go into that in a minute, as far as yeah. Russell Westbrook reportedly saying that behind the scenes, but yeah. when it comes to an actual third individual, I know a lot of people are really high on Austin Reeves. And I even had my 88-year-old mom call me the other day. What's that guy? The guy that said he was a hillbilly Kobe? And I said, that's Austin Reeves. Oh, okay. Thank you. Click. <laughs> that's all I'm here for is like information sometimes from my mom. But I know a lot of people were high on him. I'm still reluctant to say whether or not he can step it up because of the fact, did he play well just because it, it, he was on a bad team? Would he actually be a rotational player on, let's say, a better team? I mean, these are the questions that you're going to find out about him over the north course of the next two years, three years, is actually will he be a player that can be a good rotational player for any team in the NBA? He does need to step it up shooting-wise. He needs to continue his playmaking and his defensive skills, keep improving on that. So, again, I ask you, could Austin Reeves be that individual? Austin Reeves' potential is – probably a sixth seventh player on a title team i agree that's that's where his that's his, his top end I think. that's his top end he's not as athletic as let's say and i'm using alex caruso as an example because they've come from the same area which is these non-drafted types that have catapulted themselves in a very short amount of time or, or you could say were missed for whatever reason in the draft Austin Reese has a good head on his shoulder, although I did kind of get puzzled by his, I don't want to be called hillbilly this or AK whatever. I, I thought that was a little bit like, dude, 
when somebody gives you a nickname and then you start going into other stratospheres with well, it. He just it just thought it, it would go into two sets of areas. I agree with his assessment on that. I, I, I don't I don't I don't think he should be thinking about stuff like that. That's I mean, if he doesn't like the names, I guess I get it. But Austin, unfortunately, is not going to be a difference maker for this team in a way where we're going to go from seventh or eighth seed to a four or three. He's a complimentary player. The only way he could jump a little bit more is if he starts hitting a 40% clip from downtown. However, because of the lack of athleticism, it does get much difficult, much more difficult during the playoffs when you're trying to get the ball off. Uh, I was watching a video uh, the other day on, there was a kind of like a panel of people talking about, uh, I think Paul Pierce was on there. Uh, one of the commentators, I didn't know who he was, but he was mentioning how the difference between the regular season and the playoffs is you have three feet, you know, opening to shoot the ball during the regular season. You have three inches when the playoffs come. I thought that was a really good analogy because that's usually what, 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 that's why James Harden has such a difficult time being effective in the same way he is in the regular season in the playoffs because he's not comfortable because it's, there's less space, there's less ability to do, what he does, and they don't call fouls as much, which is pretty much what he's banked on his whole career to being effective. I'm not saying he's not talented. It's just I think he's he's kind of been helped a lot like how quarterbacks are helped in the NFL where you can't breathe on them, otherwise it's a penalty. <laughs> but, yeah, but as a third option, uh, the Lakers don't have a third option in terms of what that means. Does that mean is he going to play is, – is there going to be a Chris Bosh – is there going to be a Glenn Rice? Is there going to be a Manu Ginobili or a to- Tony Parker? Those guys would switch off. The offense in- has to cycle around somebody other than just LeBron. Yeah. It's it, 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 how? How? Well, our hope was that Russell Westbrook would be the guy that would kind of be, and this is this was my idea here. Just kind of follow me when I say this. I'll try. So, so we know we knew Russell Westbrook couldn't shoot, fine. But we were assuming he was going to do some other things really well, like be available and you were be aggressive. Sorry, me. I thought I thought playing with LeBron would open up some things for him where he could get some easy baskets because LeBron's very good at finding the open guy, and this guy having the speed and having the athleticism and the mindset of being on the go, it would work. And then when the six-minute mark in the first quarter would come, the coach sits LeBron, and then guess what? Your third option, your third star now who can handle the ball and can run an offense can now be the distributor. Boy, did that not work out. It would make his life easier if he did if he ran pick and rolls with LeBron, like you said, to find himself some openings. He doesn't even want to do that. We don't have a third option, really. <laughs> we don't have a third star. We have to bank. We have to hold our breath every time Anthony Davis pivots or sets a hard screen and hope that LeBron can play without finally hitting the wall in his 20th season. That's 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 what we have to look forward to. And then on top of that, after you've gone 82 games, and let's just say we have some 
fortune there, and we end up getting a six seed or something like that. Now, a 20-year LeBron James and a, let's say that AD plays 70 games. Is the 70-game played AD going to be able to make it another two and a half months to win a title? Those are the questions we have to ask ourselves because we don't have that third guy or any third guys that I would constitute as a third guy. We're still praying that the first two do what they're, what they're supposed to do or exceed what they're supposed to do because that's the only hope we have. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Uh, so you had watched The Tomorrow War before The Matrix. Yes. If you forced me down, you, I was tied into a chair and I had to watch one thing, I would say The Matrix Resurrections. Really? Funny. Yeah, because of all the cutscenes, I could remember what a good movie was like. <laughs> well played sir well played yes that's the only reason for the flashbacks to remind you what a good matrix movie was that's the pop culture cosmo show and the pcc multiverse catch our shows on worldwide radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts hey lakers fans looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news information original videos articles podcasts opinion pieces and discussions about the los angeles lakers will look no further than lakerholics.com with a legion of followers always there talking about everything lakers and the nba there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run so stop by and be part of the conversation today at lakerholics.com Jim Faison says he really misses the days of two stars like Kobe and Shaq, which we're seeing now in the sixth episode of Legacy, the true story of the L.A. Lakers. Thought it was an okay episode. Those two guys were not two stars. <laughs> well, okay. The, 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 those two those two were two, the, the modern-day Jordan and the modern-day Wilt in their primes. Well, I will say that if you know if you got a chance to see the la- the latest episode of Legacy, the true story of the LA Lakers, you got to see how the alpha males started to go ahead and you know mesh or at times like the rub. You know, as far as the episode itself dealt with the late '90s, as far as the forming of the Shaq Kobe duo, the rest of the team starting to harbor ill feelings for Kobe because Kobe was starting to develop into a certain mindset on the court and they were not exactly thrilled with it. The hiring of Phil Jackson, that was also highlighted and his, uh, I guess, uh, burgeoning relationship at that time with Jeannie Buss. And he go, they go into detail in regards to that. Plus it all leads into the first championship of the three beat only went into the first championship on that. As far as the return to glory for the Los Angeles Lakers for the first time in 10 years. So 
overall, it was a pretty good episode. Just the years in those 90s, when it, the 10 years, it's really hard to fluff that up. And I think Legacy is trying is doing a pretty good job of trying to do that. It, it's it's trying to make the best out of a, a disappointing time in in the Lakers era. You can't I, you can never really compare that era to anything. It's not fair. You 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 got and you you had this anomaly that happened to just kind of come together at the right time. And 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 the reason why it made it more amazing is the fact that. There was a battle. There was a headbutting of a battle. No matter how much Shaq denies that he was doing it, you know, denies the issue. And I, Shaq has a has a habit of not embellishing a story, but embellishing in the reverse way. He he embellishes the truth. Am I saying that right? Look, I know what I saw. We know what we saw. He was a massive a hole, and and Kobe to some degree as well. And it cost it cost the Lakers probably two or three titles because of it. So I I I blame them both. I do blame them both. I don't blame just Shaq. But there was rift there, and the fact that they had a rift, they had this little cold war going on, and they still three peated. That's that's kind of what shows you how amazing they were, and how amazing the guys around them were. Guys like Rick Fox, Horace Grant, Robert Ory, Derek Fisher. These guys were. As professional as you could be in an environment like that and still came through and still never said anything bad about anyone. I mean, I, even during the, 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 the episode, you know, Rick Fox, you know, sorry if you guys are having this. I'm, I'm going to just give this little small tidbit. I don't want it to be a spoiler or if you want to just mute me for a minute. Um, Rick Fox stood up at one point and they said that he was getting teary eyed because he was so frustrated from this issue that Kobe was having and all this stuff going on. And when someone gets so angry to the point where they're tearing up, the reason why I believe Rick was tearing up and frustrated was this is a man who turned down at that time, which was a lot of money, $20 million in 1997 from the Cleveland Cavaliers to take the minimum for, I believe, three years or two years to play with the Lakers. Now, he was rewarded by Dr. Buss eventually. But the fact that he risked that much money at that time, it would probably be the equivalent of a $60, $70 million contract now, at the very least. Imagine sacrificing that and then coming to a team knowing you're going to be good, knowing you've got all the talent in the world to be champions. You came here to be a champion. You came here to hopefully enhance your entertainment value in another position that you want to be in after basketball. And you got these two guys that are totally screwing it up because they can't get along. You know, one says it's my team. The other says it's his team. I mean, it's it's childish stuff. So there is some, some of that frustration where you're like, Ugh! and in on all that, even with all that, you still had a team that ended up three-peating. That's how special that team was. And then fast forward to now, uh, I don't think it's ever fair to compare. I know I, I even talked to somebody about this today, about comparing how, the NBA was then and now. I'm like, guys, you might as well be comparing why we spend money now in this way versus you might be you might as well say why didn't we have internet in 1920? Like it doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't make any sense. Don't even think about that time. That time is gone. It'll never happen. Well, Jordan only needed Jordan didn't you know uh, 
jump teams. Larry Bird didn't jump teams. I'm like, they didn't have to jump teams. I like that part when they were in the locker room and you got to hear, as far as the All-Star is concerned, on the East Eastern Conference, talking smack on Kobe, especially Jordan. Jordan was talking some real smack on Kobe. So even if you watch, or, or even if well, you don't Well, he didn't talk smack. He was he just talk saying, smack. he's like, you know, <laughs> well... Blankety blank 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 on you know about Kobe. You know, I didn't. I didn't think it was. I didn't. Didn't to me. I didn't interpret well, they, it as. It sounded like older veterans. It was. It was more talking like about the young kid, who was an upstart who thought very highly of himself, and yeah, it just they wanted to put him in those place. One of the best parts that you didn't get is you didn't see that that clip is on YouTube, and whoever the cameraman when was on that day. It is the most, it is the, unless they spliced it with something else and tricked us. I don't think it was. No. But that, that clip in the locker room when Jordan's talking about Kobe, if you, they scan and you see Penny Hardaway and, you know, the all-stars on the East at that time. And everybody looked like scared puppies while Michael was talking. Well, they had started it. They had put him in that right direction as far as trying to go and talk. I don't know, man. It was, it was, it was an interest. It's an interesting it was an interesting environment at that time. And, and yes. what I got out of it was he, he's sitting around a bunch of scared fawns, right? These yeah. guys are all all-stars, by the way. They're all sitting there just kind of scared or whatever. They don't want to say anything while Michael's talking. And Michael's talking about basically the guy that's already told them he's going to replace him. Yeah. And how there's a little bit of admiration in the, in the, in the tone of what he's saying. So, and maybe maybe that's me interpreting it. I don't know. I might be wrong, but you know, in the end, I don't. I don't. I don't like talking about the past unless I'm bringing up something that that's relevant to what we're talking about. Thinking about that time is, in a lot of ways, it's it's kind of a it sucks because you wish you could be that. But and if you keep thinking about it, you start to turn into that boomer that that just keeps thinking about the past. <laughs> We lived it. We saw some amazing basketball. I think, I think it had its time, and and, and we enjoyed. It. We had to, we saw some amazing basketball. As far as right now, uh, there's a, a unique lull that we have. We still have a couple superstars on the team, so it could be worse. We could be, you know, starting Julius Randle and D'Angelo Russell and Robert Sacre at center, but we're not. But it, it's still it, it's still frustrating that we can't put something together here for LeBron and AD to, to have a chance at winning a title. Well, I will say this. And if you get a chance, please go ahead and check out my interview earlier last week in regards to a great conversation I had with Stephen Leckert, one of the executive producers behind legacy, the true story of the LA Lakers. It is worth your time. I think you should really go ahead and seek it out because it was a really great conversation. But even then he describes as far as the, archival footage and the amazing things that he saw and some of the interviews that he, he talks about. And I think this episode is, is just indicative of that as far as the amount of things that they did get for those, that period of time, which again was a period where they underperformed for several years as a unit together, Shaq and Kobe and everything, everyone around them. They had a lot of talent on that team and they should have gone a lot farther, a lot sooner, but they ended up not doing so until they got Phil Jackson to put it all together. So I will say, give that, give that episode a chance. And a lot of that is a lot of that was um, see, and that's the part where I will blame Shaq. Shaq's made it very clear that if you hadn't, if you haven't been there, I'm, I'm not going to trust you, which dude, just you're Shaq. Just 
How about how, how about you helping the coach? This is the part where I'm, I'm I'm going outside a little bit here, guys, and looking at it from an outside observer and and really telling you how asinine that kind of thinking was. And that's the reason why Shaq probably didn't win more titles. Shaq should have won seven or eight titles. He was that dominant. He is he 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 was more dominant than Wilt, in my opinion, because. Wilt played against inferior competition. I'm sorry, Jerry West. I know I'm not. I'm not saying you played against plumbers and 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 electricians. I'm not saying that, but it's 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 fat. It's it's. It, well, the athleticism was nowhere near what it is now. Yeah, it's not. I'm sorry, guys. It's just not the teams. They only had eight to nine teams at that time. Half Shaq is the most the dominant. Game. Shaq is the most dominant player to ever play in the NBA. At least from what I've seen, it was just different. It was. Just it was, really different. and his game was so good because he was a, a, a extremely underrated passer out the post. I mean, beyond the, the guy was one of the greats. You could say him and Duncan were the same out of the post when it came to passing. They were really good. Um, Shaq's rebound ability, rebounding ability. If he really wanted to win a rebounding title every year, I think he could have. So that guy was. He was set to win anything he wanted. But the problem was it was this little tick in his head that sometimes he would say things and do things that just and, – and, and you can understand why Kobe would get irritated because I really believe if, if Shaq wasn't a jackass a lot of the time, I really believe there wouldn't have been a rift. If, if, if Shaq sat with Kobe and said, look – Let's make Dale Harris Harris famous. Let's make him the first coach. You know, let's let's win him a title, like in that kind of mentality. Instead of going, well, if you haven't won anything, why should I believe you? Why did it take Phil Jackson to get up in your rear to win your first MVP? Did you really need that? Did you really need? Oh, he's like my uh, dad. He's like uh, you know Sergeant Harrison. Uh, Why do you need that? You're Shaquille O'Neal. You should be winning the MVP every year. You know, you lose out in '01 because you didn't play the full season. You got injured uh, two months in in 2002. You didn't win the MVP that year. Shaq should have been the MVP in in, in 01 and 02, hands down. The best era he's had is those three years. Blue Magic said all five of those years, 2000 to 2005. I wouldn't argue with you. Yeah, right. Well, I'm going to give 03 to Duncan because he had a ridiculous year that year. So you could argue 04 and 05. No doubt. Um, and then Kobe should have won in 06, 08, 09, and 2010 in my in my book. He won in 08, but Shaq and Kobe should have – and I know that's voting and I know it's whatever, but in the end, they, 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 they sacrificed greatness in a way that would have probably never happened. Yeah. It would have been bigger than what – what anybody had ever done. Imagine if if Shaq gave a crap from 97 to, let's say, 2007, right? Let's say if he was not saying dumb things like, well, if you if a coach hasn't done it yet, I'm not going to believe him, like stupid stuff like that. They, they, they should have won seven, eight titles in that in that 10 years. They should have won. Phil Jackson, no Phil Jackson. It was a it was a lost opportunity because they it's, had some depth in those late ninety teams as far as from the guard a lot position. of depth. Oh my god, yeah. they had Eddie Jones, they had Van, 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 Van Exel, they even had Eldon Campbell there, even though he was kind of flighty. 
Whether you uh, as a backup center, backup uh, dude, center, they had they were up, stacked. Yeah. Then you got Ori. Then you got Fox, and you couldn't. You got swept in '98. They should have won it in '98. Yeah, they should have beat the Bulls in the finals in '98. But this whole mentality of, oh, uh, if you haven't won it, uh, I don't, I'm not going to believe you. You know, this is stupid. This is not. A, this is not how a professional acts. Agree with you wholeheartedly, Jim. That you know this team is so much far different than the the team of of the early two thousands, the ninety nine two thousand team and whatnot. I just I agree with you wholeheartedly on that, Jim. Also here today, joining us now, good man indeed, coming from the chat room. He is the madman behind his own great channel. You got to go ahead and check it out today. He had a great conversation with his crew. The other night, so you got to go ahead and check out what he's doing on his own YouTube channel named after himself. It's John McCallion, YouTube star extraordinaire. Great to have you here, my friend. Always great to have you here. I wanted to go ahead and bring this back to the third option again because I know the discussion is you are really leaning towards Austin Reeves and AR-15, as you say. I will say that I am not sold on Austin Reeves, and it's not any detriment to Cam. It's just the fact that I'm worried that, you know, when you play well on a bad team, does that mean you're going to go ahead and be able to translate it once you become or once you get on a good team to become a rotational player? If Kendrick Nunn is healthy, all things considered, and I know Joe has issues with that because of the mysterious nature of Kendrick Nunn's health, I still think Kendrick Nunn would be probably a, a better player, but... You are very confident in Austin Reeves' ability, hopefully more than I am. And I, like I said, I'm hope, wishing the kid all the best. I heard nothing but great things about him behind the scenes. I've spoken to Rafael Barlow, my good friend with NBA Big Board, who has actually uh, spoken to him quite at, at length. So I'm, I'm hoping for the best for the kid. But tell me, do you think he'll stand up one day as the man that we can, can you know, maybe count on regularly as a number three option for the team? Yeah, thanks for having me on. I guess one of the things that I wanted to say was it, I think it has more to do with the Lakers' lack of talent for for a third superstar or third star rather than it has to do with Austin and Reeves because – and honestly, I don't know if the Lakers need a third star. It'll be nice, but um, I think what's more important is the fact that – Well, not a AD, star per se, just an option. Just, you know, like Malik Monk, when when AD or LeBron would be out of the option uh, a lineup or sitting down, just someone that can carry the offense for you for, a, for maybe a five, ten-minute stretch. I don't know if there's a clear option, to be honest, and um, I don't know if that's concerning, but um, I think what's more important is, uh, you know, LeBron and AD have to stay healthy. If they're not healthy, then, um, then you know, third or fourth option doesn't really matter. I like my chance with, with Austin Reeves as a third option. Uh, Russell Westbrook, you know, he's, he's one of my all-time favorite players, but he just doesn't fit on his Lakers team. I already knew it before, you know, when, before he came to, to, to L.A. When I heard about the rumors, you know, I thought it was a joke. I didn't think it was actually going to come to L.A. And uh, because, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not NBA GM or anything like that. And I knew it wouldn't be a good fit. Uh, but, yeah, in terms of third option, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if there is one. I don't know if there's a clear-cut option. But to me, Austin Reeves stands out. And uh, my concern is that, you know, we'll, we'll really see how he plays or, what you know, what, if he's really talented or not this year. Because, you know, when, when someone plays well for the first year, it's usually because they're not getting scouted. The second year, you know, he's going to get scouted now. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see what he's made of. We will see what he is made of. Again, I'm hoping the best for the kid. I'm just not 100% sold that he didn't stand out on last year's team 
simply because it was last year's team. That's the reason why, because there's a tendency for players in the NBA, certain players in the NBA, they do really well on bad teams, stack guys, or just players that stand out on bad teams. But once they get the opportunity to play a part in a good team, they get bumped down in the rotation for whatever reason that there is. So I'm hoping that the kid actually is going to evolve into a very good NBA player, period, with no caveats, no asterisks, no only on a bad team type of situation. So I'm hoping the best for the kid indeed. But Joe, bringing it back to you, my friend, I mean, outside of that, I mean, there's one person that we haven't mentioned at all. (laughs) One person that we haven't mentioned at all. And that is Lonnie Walker, the fourth, the guy who he gave $6 million to who, you know, if you talk to most analysts out there, they really do not have any confidence in him. And it, to me, it just seemed like, again, a lot of the deal with, yes, I know he has a relationship with clutch and I know that's going to be everybody's answers why he's there and he got 6 million, but he has to be someone that you have to start talking about as possibly someone who has to step up, but I'm not. Why is that? (laughs) Here we go. We would like everyone to step up. And, well, if you're paying uh, him that kind of money, I would hope so. And and the the so I'm just I'm wondering if this Lonnie Walker thing is going to be one of those things where maybe he flourishes in L.A. and then we have to hear the constant "nobody believed in me" speech, which is just as lame <laughs> as any other speech. I, I would hope so. If that's the case, so, I don't mind so, it all. And that, that, I want to get to that because I've always wanted to explain this. So, what do you want me to say? You want me to be Laker Tom and be optimistic because it makes you feel because it feels good, right? Okay, I get it. Laker Tom wants to feel good. I get it. I get it. Unfortunately, what makes me feel good is telling you what's going on, not what I hope happens. What I hope happens is a complete waste of my time. Lonnie Walker, the fourth, can't shoot in an area where you're coached about as good as you can get coached in the NBA, Greg Popovich, no argument there, and you can't defend, and you're not defending on a team that doesn't really have – you're defending. You're not defending on a team that's being coached by Greg Popovich and with no pressure. San Antonio had zero pressure last, last year, right? They, they, they have no pressure. It's San Antonio, even if they still support their players there. They still don't. I mean, they'll, 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 some of their fans are, are pure garbage. Don't get me wrong. But that's usually towards Laker people. That's it. But to their own to their own players, when it's a realistic situation, they're not as ra- rabid as the Laker fans. What Laker fans will throw their own mothers off a bridge if they're playing for the Lakers and didn't play well. So, Lon, I'm expect you want me to now expect – Lonnie Walker the fourth to walk into a situation where there's already a nine RPM heat on on the team, knowing that we're we're in the major issue in terms of winning, major issue of our guys being available, major issue of age, all that stuff. And then you're telling me this guy's all of a sudden gonna go, you know what? I'm gonna answer the bell. I have to see it. And please spare me your no one believed in me. We don't believe in you right now because your stats say you stink at shooting and playing defense, which is what this lousy league has turned into. 
So what do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? Let's hope. Okay. Yeah. Cool. You don't think I don't want you to be good? Of course I want you to be good. Because if you're playing well, that means my Lakers, my favorite team, are playing well. I want you to do well. But are you going to play well? Right now, I haven't seen Jack squat. Who's going to be the third guy? We still got to fight. We got to wait. Who's going to be the one guy? Who's going to be one? Is it going to be LeBron again? 20th season? Is this what it's come to? We were expecting AD to be an MVP at this point on this team. And then if something went wrong, hey, we got to build around AD now, not LeBron. We're still talking about LeBron running this team. And to me, it's, it's, it's not, I don't know other than the word fair. It's not fair for LeBron to have that kind of responsibility on granted he's made, he's making a lot of money, but it's, it, it, he's still in his 20th season. I, he was supposed to be the guy that turned into the guy that he always likes to be, the distributor, the guy that gets everybody involved, a little less hectic stuff towards the end. Let him stockpile rings. Why? Because he has his anchor in AD, which two years ago you could have argued was the one of three of the best players in the NBA. Am I right? You could have said AD, Giannis, and Durant – in 2020 or LeBron true right let's say four definitely top four so we went from that to now is this guy gonna play is this guy gonna break down is our third option gonna be on the no we don't have a third option our our third option it has checked out like Cam Newton checked out a few years ago he's still talking about having respect because he doesn't want to do a buyout. The reason why he doesn't want to do a buyout is because he doesn't want to drop a million, two million, three million, whatever it is, to get bought out. That's well, why. he would recoup that by ever whoever picks him up because he's assuming that somebody is still going to pick Who? him up. Who? Who's going to well, pay him three million dollars? If he were to be waived by right now, I'm going to tell you right now. If he were to be waived right now, or if he would be <clears> traded <throat> right now and waived, John and Joe, I think right now he would be picked up. For what the, the for three million? Minimum. I wouldn't pay, I wouldn't let no, him for, for free. one for one million for the league minimum. He would be moved for for one million, so we'd have to buy back one million dollars or so, one or two million, whatever. For I would say Chicago with the problems that they're having with Lonzo Ball. Oh no way! I'm gonna tell you right now. Absolutely not. You would poison that team, that young team. With I didn't a say of that they would. No, I'm not no, no, saying no, no, no. that they would. I they... honestly can say, I can honestly say, the only team that would pick up Russell Westbrook is a dead team like Orlando that wants to sell some tickets. That's it. No one relevant would ever pick him up, even for a league minimum. Mm, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I'm not. I'm not. Li- I'm not liking it. I, we'll never know. Well, no, I think we will know by the end of the. We season. will never know. He, th- th- these guys don't have the sack to put him on the put him on the bench for for good. They don't. John, I have any to see it. Man? I'd have to see it. I have to see it. <laughs> John, show any, me, show me the money. Any thoughts on that? I mean, again, I still think that there are teams that think they can go ahead and resurrect his career to at least some point and are just waiting for the day that he does get traded and waived or bought out or whatnot, even though, again, Russell Westbrook, according to Rona Shelburne, his behind-the-scenes does not want to go ahead and be bought out simply because 
he would be perceived by the rest of the NBA as that type of player and would never be able to get a long-term contract again, which unfortunately news to him, I think that he will never be able to get any type of long-term contract again, but your thoughts on this, I still think there are teams out there that would be interested in at least picking him up for the minimum. I don't know. I was at, well, first of all, I was waiting for Joe to get off his soapbox and uh, Joe, I have a lot of That takes a while. But yeah, it's it's a, he sounds like a disgruntled boomer right now. <laughs> he sounds like get off my long guy. You know that that's what a prediction is. You know your thoughts on the future. I gotta get my paper. Now. I gotta get my wad of paper. Hold on, John. I gotta get from like last episode. Gotta get my. Now listen here, John. I'm telling you. <laughs> you know, you know, I've been thinking about Russ. You know, and it's oddly enough, it's like he he fired his agent for telling him what he what he confirmed today. You know, his agent told him, you know, it's best to stick on the Lakers. Don't get a buyout, you know, build up your value because it's not so good at NBA right now. He fired his agent, but then he says he doesn't want to get bought out because he knows that, um, you know, if he gets bought out, then, you know, it's pretty much, you know, shows over for him. I, I, I can't see a team that will take a chance on him. I don't know. Because, you know, if, if you're a contender, then, you know, do you really want to mess up the chemistry that you have, uh, you know, to bring Russ in if you're a young team? Um, you know, do you want to develop your young players or do you want to give, you know, a lot of your talent or a lot of your minutes to Russell Westbrook? And then also, you know, if, if, if you're a team that's trying to tank, do you really want to win by bringing Westbrook in? So I don't know. If, I don't know if he fits anywhere. If he if he gets bought out or if he, if he gets signed for the minimum contract for like a million or two, it's probably going to be a team like Charlotte or like some team that doesn't have a clear vision like uh, Sacramento. I don't know. I don't I don't see I don't see a, time, a team that would sign him right now for for whatever reason. Agree with you, Blue Magic, on your assessment. You know, with all the changes that have been made, and you see the results. Why does this keep on happening? And and to John and to Joe, I mean, there's a very small amount of individuals that have actually been on that buyout format where they get bought out and then they just continuously get one-year contracts, minimum contracts, minimum contracts. There's there's a small amount of people who actually have evolved beyond that reggie jackson of the clippers because you got to remember he was bought out and that's how he got onto the clippers was that he got on a minimum and then he played his way to a regular contract jeff green who on the backside of his career was able to go ahead and be on enough teams where he finally found a good fit so he just got recently i think he's on the second year of a two-year contract so i think that's something at least it's a very but, but, small but, amount of, of those players. players can shoot. Russell Westbrook can't shoot, and he's old, yeah. and his athleticism—he's not athletic anymore. So that's and his attitude different. sucks, which is the that worst too, part. Yeah, yeah, this is not a good combination at all. So I, I, at this point in time, we're just hard pressed to see what the future for Russell Westbrook is outside of something that's not going to end up being pretty. It ain't bright, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. This is the this is the future. <laughs> is that toilet it's not paper? A good one. Just, just regular glass cleaning paper. It's not a good a, a, a rich one. A, a rich one, though. I'm sure he did well with his finances. He'll he'll live a great life. Yeah. But as far as his basketball career from here on out, he has something to look forward to, which is the Hall of Fame. Which these days the Hall of Fame lets they probably let me in if I play a couple of games nowadays. So that's that's good for him. I hope he has a good life. But as far as us winning, uh, as far as winning a title or being competitive, yeah, we're we're we don't know what the hell's going to happen here, and it doesn't look good though. 
No, it doesn't look good indeed. And that's why I brought it up as far as options for the team going forward. I mean, because they got to start working out rotations here in the next couple of weeks. They're going to go into exhibition season. It's got to start looking at who is going to be able to contribute on a regular basis. So these concerns are there for the team as we go forward. But once again, it's the Lakers fast break. Gerald Glassford, John McCallion. Please go ahead and check out John McCallion's great channel today on YouTube. Subscribe. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button, not only for us right below Joe, but also as well for John McCallion's channel as well. And of course, Joe Sorrow. You can check him out at LakersBall.com. But, John, before we head on out, uh, we've talked about Legacy, Episode 6. We've talked about what's gone as far as a possible third option. We've even talked about the comments that were made by Ramona Shelburne in regards to the behind-the-scenes talk of Russell Westbrook. The last thing I wanted to bring up was the decision made by the NBA today in regards to Robert Sarver, the governor of the Phoenix Suns, and uh, the assessment that there was enough wrongdoing there by Robert Sarver in regards to a lot of questionable things that he said and did during his time as governor over the years. And a lot of people have filed complaints against his, against him in regards to that, that he received a $10 million fine and a one-year suspension. Your thoughts on this? I agreed with Joe from the beginning when he was slapping on the wrist because all this was was slap on the wrist. I thought something much more substantial should have been done. Your thoughts on this Robert Sarver situation before we head on out for today? You know what this is? The world's smallest violin. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know the guy personally, so I don't know what to say. But uh, you know, I've heard that he's cheap. He's he's a dirty dude. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't really have enough. To, you know, a lot of things to say. I wonder if this is why DeAndre Ayton didn't didn't sign the contract because he didn't want to. Stay in Phoenix for for a long time, but um, you know, like you guys, you guys said, slap on the wrist, slap on the wrist, indeed. And I just think that something more should be done. Joe, let me ask you this: Should we have seen the same type of action done for him that was done for Donald Sterling? It would have been if there was recording of it. I think, even though it's in that realm. I mean, there's several witnesses. There are dozens of witnesses. To yeah, and, and I think what's going to eventually happen is he's going to end up selling it. There's going to be, there's going to not be a mutiny, but there's going to be players on the team that are going to not really respect him. Mm-hmm. And then no one's really going to go play for him. So it would be in his best interest to sell the team and call it a day. Sarver, I used to hear stories about Donald Sterling. Uh, way before any of the bad stuff happened. And they were pretty bad. I'm talking about listening to regular radio on AM and how you would hear stories about him being a slumlord. Me being in the service industry and uh, pref- you know, specifically the landscape world, construction world. <laughs> That's why I don't have a lawn. <laughs> he does have a pool and we're all invited if i remember correctly yeah you are the, the 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 people i detest the most are landlords i'll get calls sometimes from tenants and i'll find out uh maybe 30 seconds in about a tenant that the tenants not owners and my break stop i said and i and i've had to be blunt on the phone over the last few years I said, look, I'm going to be honest with you. Your landlord is not going to pay diddly poo for this installation. Yep. They, they, 
typically these guys are are cheap and it's it's likely that you're you're calling me because your landscape looks like somebody threw up on it right i'll get a laugh how did you know and then <laughs> they'll confirm it with a picture now the last time i actually went out i had some fun with this one because i hadn't had a chance usually i can end that discussion on the phone and not waste my time but there was this nice person and this is relevant to the sarvers and the Sterlings guys. So I'll get to my point. It's a good story. So you, I'm there. I arrive. Very sweet lady. She's got children. If you've got kids too, that's when I really get irritated because I look at the, the setup and it looks like somebody threw up on the lawn and it's really big. I mean, it looks like a piece of garbage and you have children, children who like to play outside. So now I'm really just having to hold myself. Lo and behold, I get there. Two minutes after I get there, guess who comes? I'm speaking to the girl. He comes up, walks in. While I'm speaking to her, he interrupts while I'm speaking to her. I kind of look at him, and then I kind of act like I'm talking to both. And then I veered back to her. She asked me some questions. I start talking to her. He interrupts again. This time, I couldn't (laughs) let it go. I said, can you hold one moment? Let me finish speaking to her, then I'll speak to you. Finished talking to her. His dumbass went somewhere else, never saw him again. And then I ended the discussion with, look, I'm going to be honest with you. This guy ain't going to pay anything for this. You're probably best to get mulch. It's going to be hard for the kids to walk on, to, to play on it. But it's the only thing you're probably going to be able to afford. And I left that way. So guys like Sarver, guys like Sterling are like this guy, but in a bigger realm. These guys look at people, they look at children, families, like they're garbage. And you're getting proof of it. And they look at people as nothing. It doesn't matter if he said the N-word or if it's a, somebody else or if it doesn't matter. It's just, It just so happened that that's the, that's, that's the one that they're highlighting because that's the, the most effective one right now, right? Well, but these guys... Well, let me just say this. Hello is, is disagreeing with the punishment that's out there. And I can just say this. If you have an environment at your, with your work, Joe, or your work, John, or my work, whatever, as far as being a bad working environment for a lot of people, if that's the case. And, the, and there's a lot of people constantly leaving and constantly complaining. Something needs to change. There's a difference. So I'm going to tell hello the difference. Okay. This is so it's so you know. I know where he's coming from, from that comment. But if there's one guy that's been trying to play it easy and not a fake like a Roger Goodell, Roger Goodell's a fake piece of you know what. Adam Silver is not that guy. Adam Silver has genuinely tried to play it the right way. He's the one guy in that world of being in charge of a massive billion-dollar league that has really, from his own mouth like there was a time there are times for things and then the way he would explain guys normally we would do this but this is a this is an exception and that's one thing that I always try to preach about life guys there are rules there are things that you have to do but in life a lot of times there are exceptions what those are whether they're right or wrong it it, that that that's always you know an interpretation of yours but in the end there have been I don't even know the guy. I'm not a Phoenix Sun guy. And I even heard things about Sarver on what a piece of crap he is and what 
I believe is Adam Silver is doing right now is he's because he's a lawyer. He he knows the game. The reason why he was able to get Sterling out the other way because there was hard like video audio stuff that they can use to get his butt out of there. That's why he came out like, what was it? Three days after that came out, boom, he's gone. And we were like, whoa, because we were expecting a, oh, we're going to give this guy a year's suspension and fine him 80 million bucks. No, he got his ass out, right? In this case, a lot of it is transcript. You don't know the tone. You don't know this. However, I think Adam Silver knows that there's going to eventually be pressure, enough pressure from the external side where he doesn't have to deal with it as much because it's hard to get an owner to sell. It's a lot of, a lot of red tape there, right? I think public pressure is going to eventually kill Sarver and players on the team, as well as players that would normally come to the team are not going to go there now because of it. I think we need to go ahead. I agree. I think we need, I agree with John. I think we need to go ahead and start a GoFundMe for, for Jim to go ahead and get the capital together to buy out the Lakers and make some good changes indeed. So because Let's I know that you need to rob out of there. Yeah, the whole the whole organization, as I've said for months now, it needs to change. It needs to go ahead and be uh, just just a different outlook, a different direction, simply because of the fact that yes, we did win a title in 2020, but look at our record overall. From 2010, after we won that championship, to now, in 12 seasons, it's not that great. It's what three or four winning seasons? Is it four? four I, I lost four, count. Yeah, <laughs> four. You know, it's not that many winning seasons, and that's not good for the Lakers brand going forward. So, unless Lakers fans, you know, we're not accepting of a continuously downslide unless it leads to something good. So, John, again, I mean, your thoughts on this as far as what we're talking about with back to Robert Sarver. One last thing. I want to hear your thoughts on it. It's just, I mean, it just seems like that there's a different mentality this time around as far as Robert Sarver's content as opposed to Donald Sterling's content. I think that the like like <laughs> the the comment that was made that he just put on his credit card and gave a 20% tip because you know, this is, you know, for a billionaire, this is nothing. I just think it's, it's some, it's a message that says you can get away with this kind of stuff. This stuff was long-term according to the reports that was made earlier by ESPN. This was stuff that was just, you know, notarized, dictated and talked about and discussed over a course of years by dozens of employees. It's not just one. It's not just two dozens, man. Dozens. Yeah, this reminds me of the Dallas situation, um, you know, how Mark Cuban and, and, you know, his whole organization had, uh, you know, obviously Mark Mark Cuban, I don't think he's a POS like uh, like Sarver, but. Um, I think know, he even deserved a lot more punishment for what was going on there because there was a lot going under his auspices that was wrong. Yeah, but I like how he took action. Um, you know, he appointed someone, you know, a female individual to take care of, you know, the, the responsibilities of, uh, you know, basically I, I feel like he directly addressed it, you know, and also even though, you know, we're talking about how, you know, it's, it's not, it's not a lot of money to, to a billionaire or whatever server is. I, I bet you he's losing sleep over, I, I bet you he's losing sleep at night because, uh, you know, if he's cheap as he, you know, as we think he is, or at least we've heard he is, I think, I think uh, he's really, you know, he's, he's really uh, pissed off at, at, you know, 
the whatever he has to pay. And also, I think it's super ironic how Chris Paul was on the team with the Clippers, and now he's also on the Phoenix team. So, uh, so you know, if if uh, if if Sarver ends up having to sell a team, you know, I, I think it's gonna be ironic how you know Chris Paul. I'm not saying Chris Paul has you know anything to do with this, but I just you know just interesting how Chris Paul was on that Donald Sterling team, and he's also now on the Sarver team. Very good words there by John McCallion. Please go ahead and check him out today on his channel, John McCallion. Go ahead and subscribe today. Joe, before we head on out, any last thoughts on what we discussed today, whether it's Robert Sarver, whether it's the Lakers and Russell Westbrook, as far as that option is concerned, a third possible option for the Lakers that could grow over the course of a training camp. Any thoughts on legacy? Anything at all before we head on out? <laughs> I try to line him up to hit what the home do we, run. What, to... what do you want? To, what 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 specifically do you want to know? If you want to continue the Sarver talk, I think the the end game for that, you know, because that's that that <laughs> the Chris Paul comments kind of interesting. I, I think he just had bad luck. <laughs> I think he just happened to be on two teams with owners that are pieces of garbage. I think it, it's going to be interesting to see if if they don't force them to sell, meaning the public, how the reaction of the team is going to be. Are they so when when Sarver comes at the end of the year and they have their little banquets and they give team awards, what what are they is everybody just going to be kind of like sitting in a table? And suppose wow. he's going to give up power for a year. Are, mean, is he going to hire his wife like Daniel Snyder did so he can show solidarity? You know, there's this thing called a phone. You garbage. can just call. Yeah. Uh, is there? You know, this is it, folks. This is the example, guys. This is the example of why living like a fake pos. This is the end result. The Sarver's a billionaire. He's a millionaire. He's living the life, right? Well, guys, if you're gonna be a piece of garbage, at some point, it's coming to you. It's gonna come to you. Karma. You know. What's the money worth now? His whole life is done in terms of professional. He's always going to be known as the guy dropping this and that. I don't care that he was being mean to his employees, right? I'm sorry, but that's a, you know, if you weren't doing your job, you probably deserve to get a little tongue lashing. You know, that happens. What is the point on that end? What is the point? Why are you, why are you now attacking people's ethnicities and 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 things that have nothing to do with the job. That's the issue here. But are you telling people, are you Ari Gold, basically? If you guys have ever watched Entourage, are you Ari Gold? Are you saying, you know, really, really insulting things about somebody's reproductive systems, things like that? You know, that's what I'm talking about. There's a difference. I have gotten irritated by employees before. But I'm not attacking their families and their heritage. I'm telling them, and it's not that hard. You suck at your job. Show me more. And then if they go complain, oh, he was mean to me. He said he sucked at my. He said I sucked at the job. And then somebody says, Joe, why'd you say that? Well, here's the picture. Look at this. You see the difference, guys? So I'm 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 saying this so that we categorize things. The same way, way too much. This is not, I'm going back to, hello, was that his name? Hello? Yes. <laughs> he used the word woke. This is not a woke thing. It's not even close. Hello? Uh, 
this is not the same, and that's our problem in society. We keep bunching things up one side or the other. It's This is a completely different thing. This is just an who's a piece of crap who did this. That's it. It has nothing to do with, oh, it's because of what happened in the 60s or this. It's like, I don't know why these people go that way. Unless there's an agenda, that's the problem, right? In this case, this is what's probably going to happen. He's going to get – he's been suspended and he's been fined $10 million, which is slap. But I believe Adam Silver knows public pressure is eventually going to engulf this, and he's going to sell. I'm going to tell you right now, you've got actually a list right now of things that you got to answer before we head announced. So we're going to stay on a little bit longer because both Jim and John up there both got <laughs> questions for you before we head out. John, I'll let you go ahead and say – Jim, I've got you covered. We'll go ahead and make sure we answer your question. Or actually, Joe answers your question before we head on out. But, John, you had a question for Joe before we head on out as well. Yeah, Joe, tell us, tell us how you really feel on the concept of quiet quitting. You know what that quiet, is? Quiet quitting? Yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not familiar with that. It's actually an oxymoron. Uh, and, Joe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's uh, when someone does the bare minimum when it comes to their job. They don't go, like, the extra mile. So, now, <laughs> this, this, hasn't, this, not, this has not happened since I've been an owner of a, of, a, of a business. I've only owned one business in my life. <laughs> and the reason why I decided to own a business at some point was because I knew I – it's because I knew I couldn't work with middle management. Middle management and me don't mix because they're worried about getting replaced most of the time. And they're, they're idiots. They don't know what the hell they're doing. And a lot of it is my fault. I'm not going to say it's not my fault. I'm abrasive. I don't really have feelings to do a job. Okay. I'm there to do a job. I'm not there to make you feel good. You want this thing done the right way. I've already set this up. Are you going to listen or not? That's the way it is. So, there was there were times when I was when I was an operations manager when I would I'd get to a point where I would tell an employee even if you're telling me the truth I don't believe you anymore and that would be it I can't I, the excuses are over now as an owner twenty years of working now it's my fault even if that is a, if if the employee makes a mistake or is an idiot it's still my fault. I have not allowed a bad employee in my business. I have let I have given chances to people to work, but what I do is I test the water enough to where I they they do a little and if they screw that up it's not noticeable. And then what happens is I gauge I gauge their performance off the guys that have been there with us. So usually within the first couple of days my guys are like he's not going to work. Really? You know, two months, you don't think it's still not going to work? He's like, no. Some quit after two days, some quit after two months. Either way, we set the table so that if something doesn't work out, we're still not in a, we're not going to have an issue. So now, how does that pertain to running an NBA basketball team? What's, what's puzzling, what, what amazes me about these hypocrites, these scumbag hypocrites, I attack hypocrisy more than I attack anything. You got a guy here who's making millions of dollars off of basketball players, and he is insulting them like they're garbage. Why? Why don't you go somewhere else where you don't have to have people who are making you money and you insult them? 
the NFL. What kind of what kind what kind of human being is this? <laughs> this True. is a human being issue. You know, he wasn't rapping. He wasn't saying lyrics. There's no need for it. This is the part where this is not needed. And it, it starts to verify those who say it's going on. And then sometimes it's not going on. Some people are kind of embellishing it for their own benefit. There's people out there that do that. But in this case, there is no embellishment. There's proof right there. You are a scumbag. Okay. Why do you own a basket, an NBA basketball team? And the league was letting this happen behind the scenes for years, and they knew what was going on. Don't tell me that they had turned a blind eye or or, or anything like that. They knew exactly what was going on. They David just chose Stern, not to act Dave, until this now. is the part. This is the part that I that I get on. I had gotten on David Stern before we ever did this show. I used to talk about David Stern fifteen years ago, and it really hit it really hit the head on. I mean, it the the, the anger with the, the veto wasn't so much. It, it, it was. Not only did you did you just absolutely obliterate your your flagship team, you sent that player to the scummiest piece of crap owner, your buddy Donald Sterling, the guy that Jerry West talked Kobe out of not playing for. Otherwise, he would have been a Clipper in 04. Right? You say something, oh, you're eh, whatever. Look, man, these guys are out there. These guys are out there. And people want to make that, and they shut up, and they don't say anything. This is the problem, guys. This is the problem. It took one lady to finally say, that's it. I don't care if they call me names, which they did. They called her names. Look at this. Now how how does she feel? Now she's like, you know, that lady with Harvey Weinstein? Luckily, she was from Europe. She didn't understand the American culture. She's like, dude, this guy's messing with me. I'm going to go call the cops. You mean Donald Sterling? Did I say Donald Sterling? You said Harvey No, he's Harvey Weinstein. Well, that was that, it's the same <laughs> that's situation. Another, that's another well, issue. Well, I'm using them as, a, as, as the, the – I'm talking about the whistleblowers, right? The people who, who put their neck out knowing they were going to get backlash. Look what happened. They were telling the truth. Eventually, they're going to get you. If you're a piece of crap, you're going to get caught. I don't care how much money you have. I wouldn't trade spots with Sarver right now in a billion years. I wouldn't trade spots with hardly anybody. I don't really – I don't respect any of these people. Mark Cuban, you were talking about Mark Cuban? Mark Cuban is a weasel. He's always been a weasel. He's he's got some charm. I'm not going to say he doesn't, but he's a freaking weasel, okay? He was one of the two guys that bitched about that trade, went to to Stern, him and that idiot – Quicken Loans guy, Dan Gilbert, and then, hey, 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 uh, what about the Lakers? Oh, okay, yeah, all right, guys. Oh, yeah, you run this kind of stuff in Dallas. I'm going to listen to you. Oh, Donald Sterling, oh, yeah, he's a slumlord. I'm going to help him. Uh, am I wrong? Am no, I wrong? I'm just going to let John know any question that we ask. All these goody-two-shoes. All these goody-two-shoes. All these goody-two-shoes. All these goody-two-shoes. All of them, they're wearing all the ribbons, and they're supporting – groups and all this right they're all into the they're all into that stuff right and i'm sitting there going oh so you're into all these you know activisms and supporting all these charities but you can't you don't you don't you don't take care of that guy over there that's that's saying that why are you hanging out with magic johnson who the hell would not want to hang out with magic johnson 
What the hell kind of animal would say something like that? Magic Johnson out of all the people. Fair enough. I mean, that's, I mean come on, man. You guys want to get real? Let's get real here. I, I didn't bring this up. I'm sitting down. I was sitting down working this morning. All of a sudden, I get a tweet from Shams and 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 Woj. Do are they in the same room? Like, are they just like? Are they like? All right, you go first this time. Okay, you go first. Okay, well, remember, all right, you got to remember. You got to remember. Shams they probably Woj. work in cubicles. <laughs> hey, you Shams, remember. you want to send out the first one? You got to remember, Shams. Okay, I'm going to send out this one. They were working with each other. Shams was an apprentice of. That Woj. is true. That is true. It makes sense. Now, I mean, the second Shams uh, posts, Woj is like right away. And then when Woj posts first, Shams is right after it, right? Reportedly, oh. they don't like each other now because of the competition that has now taken place. Oh, the, 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 weasels, the, the weasels will always weasel, right? When they see the competition coming, they turn into, oh, so he's trying to beat me, huh? Bunch of dorks, right? <laughs> Bunch of dorks worrying about what the other guy's going to tweet. You have any idea how asinine that sounds? <laughs> so, so you know how in school, uh, you so one of the one of the persons does the uh, the essay or the homework, and then gives it to the person, and tells them, "Hey, here's the assignment, but you know, make sure you change the words around." That's <laughs> that's how I feel like Wolf and the Shams are. Well, I want to go before we head on out. I know that Jim Faison, who's been great in the chat room, along with hello, along with Howard, hello, hello. <laughs> along with Jamie Sweet. Everybody out there has been great on Yami the chat Swoot. so far. Blue, yes, Yami Swoot, Blue Magic. Everybody's been incredible in the chat room once again today, including us. We've all actually had a trip to down the chat room today. Truly appreciate it. But I wanted to go ahead and make sure this question, I believe, was answered. I think this is the question Jim wanted me to ask was, since Dr. Jerry Buss passing in 2013, the Lakers went to the dark ages of bad contracts, draft flops, lazy stars. The only thing, and of course the dang Mozgov deals, I want to say on the draft flops, they've actually been pretty good on the drafts. I mean, a lot of players that were yeah. drafted by the Lakers are playing in the league since Especially the second round. Yeah, a second round or late first round. The only thing is they've just never channeled it outside of channeling what they did for the Anthony Davis trade. They've never been able to keep them to the point where it helps build their team. I mean, out of the draft picks, what Kuzma was the only one that really helped them on that championship roster because you got to remember Caruso was not a, a draft choice. Right, he was, he was someone that they, yeah, I, he was equate, I equate their development, whether it's a draft pick or if it's a free agent signee. I think that's something we do have to at least give them some credit for. They have drafted well. You know, Julius Randle was Joey Bus. Julius Randle was an All Star. Brandon Ingram was an All Star. D'Angelo Russell was an all-star. Lonzo Ball, unfortunately, his diet is terrible. It's probably why his body's breaking down. He's he's got some good skill sets, but I don't know if his body's going to hold up. It seems it's not like it's not doing it. Could be. Um, you've got. Uh, I was going to mention that, but you thank you, John. <laughs> You're the, welcome. Because I know I, I don't want to. I don't want to give <laughs> Gerald a heart attack if I go that route. You're coming the, close. Um, the <laughs> then, then you got Caruso, and then of course you got. Jordan Clarkson, you have THD, second round picks that were serviceable, very serviceable. This is this is good for the positions that they're drafting in. This is this is what it's supposed to be. The issue is you're rarely going to get a next level game changer unless you're getting like a first overall pick. It's it's, it's they're they're there at second, third, and fourth, and then you get lucky with a Giannis every now and then. But 
typically it's that one, two, three, which they did have three twos, but they screwed up that Lonzo one. They should have got Tatum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. But they still would have used him in the AD trade. At least they would have. I don't think they would have. I don't think so, yeah. I don't think so. You think they would have been able to take Kuzma instead? No, but it. I don't know. I don't know if that deal happens if we draft Tatum. Well, would we have won the title in 2020? Mm-hmm. We would have had a weight like Celtics. We'd have to kind of develop those guys. I mean, because LeBron Tatum is a different dynamic, but it also is a different dynamic. Would have been we, able we, to. We go another him. route. They would have gotten another big maybe and made it work. The Lakers, see, the thing is, and, 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 and I, I know I'm being harsh on the Lakers, but they've always, always gotten the players they've wanted. You know, they really have. My issue, honestly, guys, it's the other stuff, the little things that they've been doing that bother me. It's the things that I don't like in a person's personality that I don't like. Mono from heaven. (laughs) That kind of, the the used car salesman stuff, the tweeting at 2 a.m. Honest to God, if Jeannie was quiet and and Rob didn't make asinine comments that made no sense to what's going on, um, I'd probably be a little bit more sympathetic of the situation. I'd sit back and go, look, they made a bad call. Jesus Christ. But they're, they're, they're exasperating it with stupid talk. And that tells me more about your capability then. Why this is happening. Because you're not capable of thinking when it matters. You're not even in a normal setting. Can you handle the pressure? It's easy when you get the trade you want. It's easy when LeBron says, hey, how you guys doing? I'm coming. That's easy, especially when you didn't do anything. Magic was sitting outside the gate at 11.59. He did the work, you know? And then Magic comes out and says, somebody backstabbed me, and we're getting mad at Magic, and then a year and a half goes by and go, wait a minute. Huh. Maybe this is starting to make sense. Much to still to discuss before we hit the Don't training camp. Don't be a douche. <laughs> Don't be a douche. Okay, I guess you can go ahead and discuss that as well. Uh, can you not be a be douche? A... Well, I don't what's want to be a, a douche. Well, Joe, no. what's a douche? Well, do you want me to line it up? Go do your no, research. No, not really. Go do your research. Why is not this guy a douche? It. Just Google okay. it. Why? Be normal. I'd rather be at normal points. You sign a player. Thank you, everyone. We're happy that we have this player. We don't need a sermon. Oh, my God. There's, <laughs> the Messiah is coming down from earth. Oh, my God. It's a miracle. <laughs> you shall I'm, be healed. I, I miss Kobe at 2 a.m. in the morning. What kind, of, what kind of rational professional does that? Really, think about that, guys. All right, okay. I know, and Jeannie Bus has heard it over the course of the past few months. Everybody and then, was and then, on and her then, side, but, but it's but not it. stopping G. It's not. She just said she she had to flip her story five times. Well, uh, Russell Westbrook's the best player we had last last year. <laughs> Why would she even? Well, how would that even come out? How would that even come out? Even when you're drunk, how? You? I'm not saying it. I'm not doing anything. I told you, today I'm sitting, talking to a client. Oh, well, yes, we can do that. Yes, absolutely. Bring Sarver. And they show a transcript of all the stuff he said. I'm not doing anything. I didn't make him do anything. I'm commenting on it now. I'm not telling someone to go tweet at 2 a.m., crying about this, crying about that, and then telling me BS. BS? Really? 
This guy was your best player? No, 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 no. He was the most consistent player. Wait, no, 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 no. He was the most available player. No, 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 no. Um, Darvin Hand, can you say something? Yes. I'm going to change <laughs> Russell Westbrook. Oh, you are. And then Ramona interviews him. I'm not taking a buyout. I don't want the public to think I'm Well, wasn't an inter- interview per se on the record. It's off the record type stuff that, you know, as far as. Going off the record me to anything. I know what's going on. Okay, I'm not there, but I know. You know why? The results. What did I tell Off you the before, record, Joe? The results. I'm in the results business. That's my motto. I'm in the results business. When I see the results, that tells me everything about you. Jamie, I was still in the chat, posting some good stuff there. Appreciate it so much. Howard Hill as well. Thank you so much for joining us. Everybody in the chat room has been fantastic. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break, and yet he's got his wadded up paper. He's right there for you. John McCallion, please go ahead and check out his channel once again. Subscribe pa- to it. Which, which college coach had the paper? I can't remember. I know Tark had the towel. Yes, Tark had the, the towel. Paper? Well, quite was it a Jim Beheim? I think no, Beheim. No, was it was Beheim? There was someone that used the paper. You are right. Yes, yes. They had like a what, whoever, whatever. I can't uh, remember. Program. I got to find out. You know, I thought it was a program. I thought it was a program. It, it could, whatever it was, it was a paper, and they always had it in his hand. I can't remember who it is. I'm going to find out. We'll, we'll talk about it in the next show. You got it. You got it indeed. But John McCain, please go ahead and check him out today <laughs> on YouTube. And, John, any last thoughts before we head up? Because, you know, Joe's very shy on the show, so he doesn't get to say very much. Yeah, I can tell you, Tim. Look, man, uh, people want to see it. People want to see a show. This is this is the job. This is a show indeed. I, I don't do this in my, I don't I don't do this in my private life, people. This is a show. I'm trying to make this relevant. We've been talking uh, about Russell Westbrook. Please understand or, we've been talking about Russell Westbrook for three months, but you gotta come to work. You gotta do your thing. Well that turned dark quickly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. I mean I want to make sure that's clear. Dirty mind. You got a dirty mind, G. Uh, yeah. (laughs) All right. But, uh, any last thoughts, John, before we head on out? Yeah, I was going to say, um, I hope that, you know, it might not happen, but, um, because, you know, Gina likes having attention to herself, but, you know, I hope someday she empowers her brothers just like her dad empowered her in terms of ownership. I like to see either Joey or Jesse or both run, run the team and have a bigger responsibility organization because I think they're doing a hell of a job. And, you know, I'd like to see them have more say in the organization. Again, to me, it's an issue from the organization from top on down. It just needs cleansing. It needs a change. And it's not just Palenka. It's not just from the – it's just from the top of the bottom. It's all over. just needs a change. So, Like I said, Blue Magic Joey, Jesse says, Bus. Yep. That's, uh, that's, you know, that may be a good start. I just think a whole change. I think a wholesale change, sell the team, and let's move forward from there. But that's just me. That's just me talking. But Blue Magic says, if Joe goes missing, we now know why. So we'll see what happens. But everybody in the chat room, you've been great. You've been fantastic. Joe, as uh, I know that Petting My Cat has told me one time where I said, any last thoughts before we head on out from you? And you went on for 40 minutes. But any last thoughts from you before we head on out? For me, I think I've put enough thoughts to the point where you, you just – Jack me with your assessments on my words. I'm talking. I about just me. wanted you to clarify because I don't want to get me. the feedback. No, okay. no, no. I'm talking about me. Okay. Okay. There, anytime you say, anytime you say that five-letter word, 
you have got to make sure you are 100% clear on what that is. Because if you leave any room for any type of interpretation on that. Oh, that. Oh, no, no, guys. That, that, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, That's why I asked you to clarify. What's what's funny about that is I was going to say a weapon. And I thought in the in the half second that my brain said it, oh my god, I don't want to say a gun because then people are going to assume something. And I ended up going to the secondary one and end up still getting jacked. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, I want you guys, to make sure it's guys. I, I don't wish any ill will on anyone, even Russell Westbrook. This is me <laughs> talking about. This is me. This James is me comment. talking about. <laughs> I'm here. We're here to inform and entertain. That's it. Uh, <laughs> at some at some point, somebody's going to misinterpret something. We've already had that problem. I, I, I'm sorry, but that's a you problem. If you guys want to think that that's how I think, then that's on you. Uh, you guys can check my emails. You won't see any of the Sarver stuff that he has. I can guarantee you that. I'm here to entertain. I'm here to hope that something good happens here because there's nothing else to, to do other than hope. <laughs> and that's it. Well, that is indeed for us. But if you have any questions for us at all, or you want to send your hate mail to our way about Joe, or a praise for Joe, you, know, you did it. All- you you assisted in that, G. If you hadn't said anything, I don't think anybody would have thought it. When you say that five letter word, immediately you got to make sure you clarify yourself on that. So when I do this, that's me. Okay, well, if it's you, that's your decision. I don't, you know, please, if you are contemplating I suicide, the word. call the I suicide should... hotline. There's 1-800 numbers for you available. If, but if you use it in context of I some other used, ways, I should have used cyanide. That's what I should have said. There, okay, well, cyanide, well, that's oh so much better for your yeah. suicidal <laughs> thoughts right there for you. Okay, yes, absolutely. But, yes, if you are seriously contemplating suicide, please reach out. 1-800 numbers for suicide prevention hotline. I will go and see, and that, that, that now, see, you just set it up again. You just threw me in the gutter again. I'm not, no, I'm saying for anybody out there thinking suicidal thoughts, I know you're not thinking suicidal thoughts. It's a PSA. It's a PSA. You're killing me right now. It's what I got to do as the host, man. I got to keep on the, you calling me the straight man. What did you mean about aspirin? Oh. <laughs> Okay, G. All right, G. <laughs> All right, I am go. going to take Advil if this welcome. doesn't turn around. <laughs> okay, I'm taking all the Advil. Back in the old days, it was Tylenol. That's the one everybody would fear. But yeah, I like Advil. It tastes like M and M's. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. It looks like M and M's. You're not supposed to bite so, them. <laughs> so while Joe takes some Advils, I will say that it's been great. Everybody in the chat room has been tremendous. Again, if you have any questions for us or comments on the show, we always get, get you know, we do have people that question. We do have people that ask us questions, give us comments, give us feedback. But we do love it also as well when people say good things about us. And if you have someone in your life that is a Lakers fan that doesn't know about us yet, please go ahead and let them know about us here at the Lakers Fast Break. But if you have any questions for us at Lakers Fast Break or Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com, give Joe some Benadryl. Oh, there you go. That's one of, one of the funniest scenes ever is the movie Hitch when he he gets when Will Smith gets in a, a an allergic reaction to some kind of lettuce and he's walking they're walking around looking for Benadryl. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that movie, but watch that scene. Go on YouTube. It's been a long time. I'm talking Will time. Will Smith. I mean, he smacked that role perfectly. 
No pun intended. You know he said it. Yeah, no pun intended indeed. But here we go. Oh, but please go ahead and check us out again. We'll Did be that back bother on... you too, Gerald? No, that one was kind of safe for you. Did it really you know, bother you? Did I, insult... Did I insult the people in Georgia or New Hampshire? Well, actually, I... a lot of those, a lot of the Joe, people in California. Why'd you say Georgia? <laughs> Oh my All those woke people are here in California. Uh, this Why is, did you this, say New Hampshire? This is going live, off the rails it, real quick. So. Is, is Rhode, Rhode Island is the <laughs> live free or die thing? Isn't that their motto? Live free and die? No clue. But again, it's the Lakers fast break. Please go ahead and check us out every time we go on the air for live notifications. And when Joe will try to go ahead and get us kicked off the air right here at the Lakers fast break. Once again, we're coming right back at you on Thursday. 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Hopefully you will join us. Jamie Sweet says Delaware or New Hampshire, just to let you know. So hopefully uh, Jamie can join us. Hopefully John can return. Hopefully Laker Tom can return. Love to have a great conversation as we get closer to training camp. It's around the corner. Looking forward to it. LeBron minicamp. I'm hoping for some good news. Maybe some dirt. Maybe some, maybe some good gossip coming out of there, hopefully. That, uh, Maybe a fight between Russell Westbrook and Pat Bev. Oh, you know, I'm actually hoping for that. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry to all Lakers fans, but uh, in an evil way, yes, I'm kind of hoping for that because it will be great content for us here at the Lakers Fast Break. So for John McCallion, oh, there you go. There, yep, yep, put those gloves on indeed. John McCallion, Joe Soro, this is Gerald Glassford. Get well to Laker Tom. We're wishing all the best. Hopefully he can join us on the next episode. Once again, we'll be back Thursday. Any questions for us at Lakers Fast Break or Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. Again, big shout out to everyone. Greg Harris, Blue Magic, Jamie Sweet. Hello. Your <laughs> 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 face on Howard Hill. Everybody that's been a part of today's chat in the chat room. You guys have been sensational as always. But once again, we will be back on Thursday and hopefully you will be as well. Please go ahead and subscribe so you can get the live notifications when we go on the air right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.